Hello and good day. Thanks for checking out episode two of this year's Encounters Festival podcast minisode series, brought to you by Squiggly Online Animation Magazine. I'm Ben Mitchell, Squiggly Editor-in-Chief, fresh from this year's edition of Encounters, on which I served as pre-selector and host of the Animation Filmmaker Q&As, which were recorded for these minisodes. This session is for the competition screening Animation 2, Desire, and we'll be learning about two of the participating films from attending filmmakers Jake Nelson, whose independent short film The Backward Astronomer combines CG previs with elaborately rendered 2D animation to tell a haunting and poetic tale of a man who discovers and takes refuge in a door that transports him to the surface of the moon. As well as Pieter Sapagan, director of the stop-motion tragedy comedy The Origin of Man, a story of interplanetary immigration and gigantic butt crabs. Trust me, it all makes perfect sense. Joining Pieter is the film's production designer, Kristin Gunther, and producer, Mirette Koshberg. Let's hear what they all have to say for themselves, shall we? My name's Jake Nelson, and I made The, the Backward Astronomer. And I did most of it, all the drawing and... and uh, it was written by a friend of mine, um, but I did pretty much everything else. My name is Pyotr Sapegin. I made the film Origins of Men, the stop-motion one. Hi, uh, my name is Meret Kosberg. I'm uh, the producer of the film. And I'm from the same film also. Production designer, Kristin. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Jake, if we start with uh, your film... So yeah, this is a pretty uh, ambitious project. What were the initial kind of production circumstances that got it like off the ground? Uh, it's self-started. I think uh, I, I studied film, live-action film, and uh, the reason I moved into animation is because uh, if you can draw, you have the ability to make a film on your own. You don't have to wait for anybody, really. Just the, uh, the cost of paper and, and pencil is, is really my budget. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's what attracted to me me to the to making it. Um, I made a, a short a few years ago that played at a few festivals, and um, that was really encouraging experience just to see um, the audiences out there for weird animations. So um, I decided to make another one. Um, so I spent about six months just looking for the story. Um, it was a two-year process in total. But um, I spent a long time just looking for the story because I knew I was going to spend years on it. So thanks for appreciating the, the labor. <laughs> was it a, so was it a pre-existing story then? Yeah, it was actually a, a more of a literary piece. So it was uh, um, more poetic. And uh, that was part of it was adapting it into a screenplay, um, which is why it's led by a voiceover because we needed a way to bring that, uh, the poetry from the original piece into the film. So did the original writer then help with adapting it, or was it yeah, open? Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's involved uh, all the way through to the end, um, and he actually composed the music as well, so oh. he's definitely a collaborator. Yeah. yeah. Now, the music was uh, really nice. It was very sort of, I was going to ask if it was originally sort of made for the film. Um, so that's great that the guy who actually you know, came yeah, yeah. up with the story is able to kind of accompany it himself. That's pretty yeah, I don't, I don't think you see that too often... Uh, a writer slash composer, um, and so that was that was a real pleasure to work with him on that. Excellent. Um, so uh, yeah, going back, I guess, to the labor, um, and you mentioned the sort of you know pencils and paper. 
but a film this length, of course, there's an enormous amount of frames that need to be generated. Mm -hmm. It has this very analog look to it. Was it like fully sort of traditional, like paper and pencil, or was it kind of a combination of digital processes? Uh, there is uh, 7,000 pieces of paper were harmed in the making of this film. Uh, yeah, they're in storage in New York. Um, I'll make a campfire someday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, actually the paper was only the, the middle stage of the process. Um, if we have some, some techie nerds out here, maybe you'd be interested in the process. Uh, it was actually uh, animated digitally um, and using just puppet animation and uh, software I used was Blender and Flame, uh, just um, creating the guide basically, an animatic. And then I printed out each frame in light blue and sketched on top of that. Uh, but I printed it out with tracking markers and frame numbers. So when I scanned it back in, I could stabilize it and, uh, and then extract the light blue out of it. And then on top of that, there was some digital sketching to clean it up. And, uh, but was that for the characters as well then? The original digital, it wasn't rotoscoped or? Uh, yeah, there's no uh, no video wow. involved. Oh, I would have yeah. put money on some of that being live action. I know, I, I'm getting that a lot, and uh, yeah. it's unfortunate, because I feel like uh, there's a stigma against rotoscoping these days. I mean, so you could take it as a compliment that it's very naturalistic as yeah. a result. Um, I mean, I, I, I kind of know what you mean mm -hmm. when people say this. But rotoscoping has its own kind of labor anyway. But mm -hmm. uh, no, it's, uh, that's fascinating that it's, so, that's how it actually was brought together. Yes, it was rotoscoping, but not on video. It's rotoscoping on an animation that I created. Like pre -vis. Basically, yeah. 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 Uh, so I guess, the, what was it about this story then that particularly resonated with you? Um, I was looking for something that necessitated the use of animation. Basically a story that you could not shoot. Um, and uh, I've been thinking that about that a lot more lately. Uh, with my next project, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the reason you see a lot of uh, space and moon animations is because it's really expensive to shoot it in space. Yeah. I guess so. Uh, a lot of a lot of space stories, which is great. Um, but uh, yeah, something that, and not only on a physical standpoint, but an emotional. Um, way too. You can communicate a lot of emotion through animation that you can't get uh, by shooting something with a camera. Uh, so, yeah, just a story that, that it had to be animation. I didn't want a story that could either be animation or uh, live action. So, um, I think with my next one I'm going to go even more, go even further. I think I uh, limited myself to the rules of cinema a lot of times. Um, and uh, seeing some of the films today were just mind-blowing. I think I need to push it further. Also, uh, quickly, I guess uh, the voiceover itself, really nicely done. It went really well with the written dialogue. And were you sort of heavily involved then in kind of casting the character and directing the actor? Um, yeah, the voice was done by a friend of mine. I didn't, I didn't spend too much time uh, looking around. Just was lucky to have this great actor as a friend. And uh, he, yeah, really happy with what he did. We just um, spent a day in the studio and went through it all. Um, but 
yeah, I just kind of trusted that he he knew what he was doing. Um, but uh, yeah, I was involved. Okay, together really well. So uh, congratulations, and uh, yeah, uh, I guess we go on to um, Piotr. Yes. Uh, origin of man, in a certain respect, there's a couple of similarities in the sense of, you know, um, looking at the earth from afar. Other than that, tonally, pretty different film. Very funny, had a great audience reaction. Really, really nice animation work with the stop motion. I imagine then that that's indicative of probably a pretty long-running career in animation thus far. Have you worked quite a lot in stop motion productions? I actually started as a stage designer and I spent half of my life uh, making stage design and then after immigration I became a film director because there was no other jobs kind of so and uh, so yeah. You have made many films. You're a very experienced filmmaker. So No. Um, no, I just old guy, you know. <laughs> I think I made um, fifteen films. Okay. That's quite a lot. So. <laughs> I actually wanted to make a film about immigration and being an immigrant, you know. That's where the film starts, and then as we went along, suddenly we realized that we're making film about absurdity of our life, about crystal planet, about very strange environment we, which we build around ourselves, you know. And then in the end we realized that we're making film about getting a dog, you know. So the aim have been changed many times and, and the bearings, um, cultural bearings been changed too, you know. So it is a little bit messy picture actually right now in my mind what was the origin of this film something i'm generally kind of interested in is uh different territories and how they view short films as an art form and what kind of funding or like cooperation from the government or local councils are available for filmmakers oh, that's media yeah uh, is Norway a good territory for that sort of thing? Yeah, we have a lot of uh, financial support in Norway. Uh, but these films, of course, cost a lot of money. So we managed to we have, have a national fund and then we have regional funds. And uh, we got the full score on them for this film. But it was not enough. So you see we had crowdfunding um, going in. And at the end, we also got in two, in, two other partners, Storyline, which is a post-production house who invested work to help us finish it, and also a Swedish uh, co-producer. So uh, it, it's necessary to look outside the border to finance films of this, uh, yeah. How did you find crowdfunding then? Was that like, did it have advantages or particular pitfalls? It is really hard. Um, it demands a lot of work and you're in production at the same time as you're supposed to do this crowdfunding and you feel like you are begging people and... I did? Yeah, well, did. you are begging them and you are pushing them and, you know, you, you do whatever you can. Um, but it's, it's a great marketing um, thing coming out of it. You create a network that will help you, um, you know, when you go into distribution. So 
it's hard. I, I won't do it unless I have to, but, um, but if you do, uh, there is some uh, positivities with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Had you guys all then worked together previously on other projects, or did you come together for this one specifically? Well, this one was Christine uh, and Piotr, they are married, so they never worked until <laughs> now. <laughs> and I also, this is the first time we worked together, um, and it's been a wonderful experience, I must say. Yeah. A bit maybe about your background then, what sort of uh, production that you worked on in the past? Do you work in animation a lot, or is this... Yeah, I'm, I'm coming from my animation studio up north, above the Arctic Circle, called Fablefjord. And uh, we've done some short films, uh, also worked with Blender, which I thought was really cool. It's an open source uh, tool. Um, so um, I mainly work with animation, uh, but I have never done uh, glass table animation, which this film has, which was a really cool experience. So you mentioned then that the origin of the story and the intent of the story changed quite a bit. Did the overall kind of style, I guess, change? Was it always going to be stop motion about aliens and butt crabs or...? It was a lot of changes on script level, uh -huh. you know? But of course, as you start shooting, it's such a brutal roller coaster that uh, there is no you just execute your plan and and uh, and it's a lot of people involved and it's extremely tense and uh, the technique we have chosen we didn't know what we're actually stepping in because what you see is uh, stop motion boom okay and uh, half of the film is made in flat clay on a glass table there is no CGI created pictures, all the cosmos shots, all, all the sky, um, uh, you know, black hole, uh, stars, everything, all the backgrounds, the, uh, and the earth scenes are um, glass table, the multiplan stand. So, um, and to put it together afterwards, you have to shoot in focus. So you actually, it's a stop motion film, which you have to shoot in layers, which means that you divide your set in layers and you're refocusing and you, you take, you know, front row puppets acting and then you take them away, you refocus because it has to be sharp silhouettes to be matched with um, whatever you made in the back. So, um, oh, it was really... May I say something about that? It's, yeah. it's just about the um, production design was, or this part where we were together is this, uh, with the glass table or the multiplan stand, is of course that we use this uh, as background throughout the whole film. Uh, it's just the puppets which are different, actually, on the Earth scenes, so to speak. This, with the multiplan stand, is that it does create the possibilities of create a, a lot of space, you know, deep images, and that is a tool which is rather remarkable 
and you don't need to go to the digital um, possibilities to achieve quite uh, a deep and vast space feeling. So that was what we were looking for, but it was quite a challenge to, <laughs> to work with a uh, complexity. Uh, every picture had to be planned and produced over several times, actually, to create the one image, yes. You think it's kind of, it have one leg in, in the art world and another in entertainment? That was your impression, right? I would say so. I mean, mm -hmm. certainly, you know... Because that's what we wanted, of course. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. a strong kind of, you know, aesthetic mm -hmm. identity to it. You know, I thought the opening and the closing, mm -hmm. the way it all kind of came together was really sort of nicely done. And I liked the, that, that it goes into quite accessible, relatable societal comedy. Mm -hmm. And clearly the audience felt that way as well. Is it understandable that Crystal Planetians, our us, I, I committed suicide, I kind of. It was the, like a, the impression. they have to kill themselves physically yeah. to get... Yeah. Because uh, we we've been worried, will it come through, kind of? Mm. And and uh, it's interesting you calling it a comedy because I thought it's a horrible thing, you know. It's uh, everybody dead, you know. And and I was uh, a bit sad for the dog. Yeah. Yeah. That, of that course. Was kind of sad, yeah. So I thought that. I have to make it in a kind of comical, comical tempo because otherwise, it's, you know, it's getting too, you know, uh, tear squeezing. If you be sad about suicide, now then it's you really dissolving. Um, how do you think the Earth and Crystal Planet? Hanging together stylistically, the Earth. This is the Earth, first Earth ever. Scene. Ever. This ever. is the yeah. first time ah. we see the oh, film. Yes. So, so you haven't so tested or anything. This is, right. is the first time, folks. Interesting. So we're very, we're more more <laughs> interested in you than you interested <laughs> in us. <laughs> you think they coexist? Is it okay, kind of? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I, I think that the, it could be read in a couple of ways because you do have it being almost sort of told as a story at the party mm -hmm. by the guy talking about the butt crabs. So that's kind um, of So it could be sort of read as the young lady um, mm -hmm. who's put all the sugar in her hair. Uh, she's kind of perhaps imagining this as a way of, of explaining mm -hmm. the origin of man, or it could be that this actually did Deja happen. vu, yeah. maybe. It, it, yeah. it, I think it was kind of interpretable but either way. It's kind of imagined. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, yeah. And from a sort of production design standpoint, I thought that the, the aesthetic of like the kind of square planet and the... Yeah, it's a lot of suprematistic... Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I just thought it was very effective. I thought that, you know, I think my favorite line in the film overall is we'll, we'll always build boxes and never quite know why. Yeah, that's and nice. I think that that was nicely yes, kind of pressed. Because if you look around, if you just look around, we do build boxes. Mm. We do make everything square, even the pattern <laughs> on the floor. And and uh, 
Earth is completely organic, you know. So where does that come from? I mean, uh, making a film, we, <laughs> we uh, found a lot of things which we do, which we shouldn't have been doing, you know, like uh, teddy bears, which we put in every cradle of every child, are actually men eating meanest creatures on earth, you know? But we just, but our main enemy is uh, insect, you know? We make it into dragon, in, into uh, alien, you know, with, you know, teeth and everything. So here comes butt crabs. <laughs> I guess also going back to the design side of things, could you talk a bit more about sort of what that sort of entailed for you? Were you, was it mainly kind of like sets and environments or did it extend to the general art of the film and design? Well, first of all, I'm a video artist. So I haven't really done production design on like this before. I did a production design on some commercials, which you did, but then you, of course you have a whole bunch of people helping you out. Here you have to do everything yourself. So I had a very steep learning curve. When it came to the expression, uh, I mean, on Crystal Planet it was clear that you were, we wanted to refer to suprematism as an art direction. Both the colors and the shapes. And when it came to the earth scenes, which were made on the glass table, I actually was very uncertain about those scenes until we almost had to do them. Uh, and how those two worlds would together. That's why he asked before. That was one of my main concerns, if those two would contradict each other or if they actually would cooperate. And of course the glass table, the multiple stand, has limitations in the sense of um, both, uh, especially with your technique with the clay puppets, is that there's a certain limitation to how much, let's say, richness or um, color shading or you know textures you can achieve uh, so you have to play on other um, features of that technique um, and that is the depth of course that's one thing and uh, you have to let it be a bit rough it's rougher both the animation and the backgrounds are rougher so while the uh, of course the crystal planet with its um, full-scale uh, stop-motion uh, sets uh, was easier to kind of create other things like the details or the richness of the imagery uh, itself. So that became a much more colorful place. So yes, we had certain directions like suprematism was uh, certainly a uh, guideline for how the uh, crystal planet creatures were made. Um, um, and the earth scenes we're supposed to be a bit more drab, a bit more gray, not so fantastic. But that was the main, I was nervous until we actually put it together. I was actually nervous until the day how see, to see how, if those two things work together well enough. Yes. So that's how I can tell about that. Not, it, it was not that predictable actually for me, yeah. how that would work. I've always found that making films, the reaction from the audience is never quite what you expect, like especially no. if there are comedic elements. Yes. Um, there'll be things. It's kind of an education, I think. So it's interesting that this is the very first outing for this. Mm. Um, do you have any kind of hopes for what's going to happen next with it? Is it just 
is I just hope it's going to be shown a lot. Yeah. Of course. That's, uh, we know how it is with short films mm-hmm. and animation films. It is difficult to get it out there. So that would be make it worthwhile <laughs> you know, because we have worked really, really hard. So <laughs> it, was, uh, it was very nice to screening here today. It seemed like the response from the audience was uh, very sympathetic and uh, laughing in places we didn't expect. So that's, that's good. And uh, yeah, simply that it will be shown a lot. That's all we can say. That's the best you can do. Well, good luck with it, and uh, congratulations to Olivia. I guess we can open it up to the floor if anyone has any questions for the filmmakers, uh, or if you have any questions for each other, because we've still got a bit of time left in the room. Well, I have one about fundings. Uh, it's been mentioned about creating network, but what about if you don't have any network before? Where would we start? Where would be perfect place to actually go and look for funds? Yeah, it's a good question. It's really hard with uh, financing. Uh, but it opens doors if you can find a partner that is recognized, definitely. Um, uh, if not, you always have crowdfunding, which can be... I did it for my first film that I did. We did not get the funding from the National Film Institute because we were a fresh company. Um, we did it anyway. Uh, it was tough, really, really tough. We almost, <laughs> almost ended badly because you know we worked so hard and, and got paid so little. But um, we did crowdfunding and um, and it helped us a lot and it opened a lot of doors. Um, you, I would just recommend um, talking to people and not be afraid to contact uh, established companies uh, if you have a great idea or if you need advice. And hopefully that can help you along the way, or even get mentorship. I, I, I mean, a lot of the institutes for funding, if you have mentorship, you know, like a mentor that's behind you, they will easily, or more easily, you know, um, give out money. So that's another good advice, I would say. Yeah. Don't know if you have any. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get any money for my for my film, <laughs> uh, but I kind of preferred it that way because. Uh, as soon as you accept money from somebody, then you have to do what they say. <laughs> I, pre- I prefer the freedom, I guess. It takes longer to get, s- get something done. It might not look as, as polished, but um, that was my approach, at least. So in terms of the, the practical realities of that, then, how did it work? Like, did you have a day job, or did you have money saved? Or I'm fortunate that my day job is kind of synonymous with um, work in advertising and um, visual effects and stuff, so um, I wasn't, um, so it would still be after hours or I was freelance, so I'd have uh, a week here and there uh, to work on it, um, but yeah, a passion project. I mean, um, yeah, there's, um, yeah, there's benefits to not getting paid, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot of work. Uh, a lot of a lot of YouTube tutorials and <laughs> software and stuff. And you, um, but uh, also, I mean, it, I did uh, I did get a nice um, color session and sound work done uh, just through favors. Um, I think over the years, I've just I've cultivated a, um, a network of people that owe me that owe me one. <laughs> so I was able to get a good color session and. And sound work done just uh, just f- through favors. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm always I'm always trying to 
set up uh, bartering partnerships with people. Uh. <laughs> Are you then taking on all of the actual sort of distribution and getting it out into festivals and stuff yourself as well? Yeah, that's that's half the project. <laughs> that's that's definitely if you guys want to get it seen, you, it's just as much work sending it to festivals and stuff. So and, and yeah, that's actually where I spent the most money was just festivals submissions. Uh, anyone else? I feel a question. Yes. <laughs> How do you guys? Uh, it's about the soundtrack. Do you think it's a little bit too, uh, too low in the center, or is it just me don't hearing yeah. anything? <laughs> <laughs> I certainly didn't notice anything conspicuous about the sound mix. I mm -hmm. felt pretty balanced. I'm not sure if anyone else was listening with a keener ear, but uh, no, I think everyone seems You, to please. Mm. 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 Can I just add one thing about this crowdfunding thing? Is that, of course, um, when you work with a film like this, you have to have a budget. You know, it's, it's no way you can do this by yourself. So the crowdfunding was an, a small part of it, the whole budget, of course. Uh, otherwise, it wouldn't have been possible. However, we did have to fight for every kroner on the crowdfunding. And that means basically shamelessly calling people up. I called the last day of the campaign to like 40 people saying, you gotta give, you know? And you really had to do that to reach it. And, and um, so it's, I don't think for films like this that you can expect to collect a lot of money that way. You can get maybe some part, a smaller part, uh, but you cannot kind of depend on it. That would not be possible, I think, because it's not a it's not an item or a produce that can be you know multiplied and sold. It's it's a, you can give certain perks and you do, uh, but um, beyond that, it doesn't really. It's not like you take part in the stock market or anything like that. So. Yeah, so it's a limitation. It is. It's helpful, but it's a, a limited help. Yes. Yeah. Can I add to it? Um, it's just we are starting filmmakers. We are starting animators, yes. and I don't want to establish relationship on like I don't want to be bad faced after myself because then it's just gonna carry on. I know it's a small, small. Um, business mm. when it comes to the people and it's just I don't want to be recognized as that person who called me at 2 a.m. asking for money chasing your money yeah yes. basically yeah. I know. Um, so where when we stop where where we draw the line if that well, makes don't call it two at night yeah that's, yeah, that's, probably that's, 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 yeah. that's one clear line crossed you know? yeah. call before 10 Okay. Yes, that you know, is fine. <laughs> um, someone here to call for you, actually. Because, yeah, um, because it's very difficult to call people about your your own needs, but about somebody's else, it's actually much, much easier. So um, anyone can do it. Your grandmother can do it. And you call for her then when she will do 
crowdfunding. You know. Well, on that note, thanks very much again, everyone. So many thanks to Jake Nelson, Pieter Sapagan, Kristen Gunther, and Meret Koshberg. To learn more about Jake's film, The Backward Astronomer, head on over to thebackwardastronomer.com, and you can keep up to speed with The Origin of Man, which is alternately known as Origins of Men, at the film's Facebook page, facebook.com slash originofmen, all one word. Be sure to keep your eyes on squiggly.com for more encounters, minisodes, and coverage. We're also at squiggly on Twitter, at squiggly animation on Instagram, and facebook.com slash squiggly magazine. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben L. Mitchell if you so desire. I'll be bringing you episode three of our Squiggly Encounters 2019 podcast minisode series very shortly. Until then, happy animating.